Well, praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Turn, if you would, to the book of Matthew. The Lord willing, we're on target to finish the book of Matthew. Uh, on the, actually, the day after, the Sunday after resurrection, but we'll be in the resurrection in Matthew, and uh, we'll finish up that next Sunday. What a blessing to be here this morning and see each one of you and be a part of this service. Praise the Lord. It's so good to see uh, Charles and Charlinda here with us this morning. This is Brother Charles. We love you and, and uh, always dressed to a T. I tell you, I appreciate you so much. I've been praying for you. Brother, Brother Altman back there, Brother Gene, wave at us. How, how long has it been, Brother Gene, that you had that? Six months? Three months, it just seems like that. But he's back with us this morning, and we praise the Lord for that. Amen? Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 16. We'll read all of those, if you would, as you're finding it. Matthew 22, beginning in verse 1. Would you stand, please, in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word? The Bible says, And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son and set forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatlings are killed. All things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. Verse 10, so those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guest, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in here not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, cast him out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk, and they sent out unto, unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of man. Father, I ask you this morning, hide me behind the cross. Lord, let people hear you and not me. I pray you'd cleanse me and, Lord, uh, use me in a bold way this morning to speak to the hearts of men, women, young people, and children in this place today. And, Lord, may it all come to fruition during that invitation time. May we say yes to whatever you're asking us to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I heard about 
the old Cajun who was kind of rough in life and he finally passed away and the day of his funeral he was laying in the casket there had on his suit and tie one of the ladies came by and she went Mm-mm-mm, all dressed up and nowhere to go do you ever feel like that? I want to tell you this whole thing in Matthew chapter 22 is the basic theme behind all of it are you dressed for the marriage supper if you're not dressed for it you're not going to get in it I mean, it's just that simple. If you don't have on the right robe, you're not getting in. You say, well, that's not fair. Well, I think it is. By the time we get through this, hopefully you would think so too. Actually, in context, the story of the parable here, Jesus is painting a picture of the rejection of the nation Israel here, and he warns them of their certain doom, and and it was accomplished in 70 A.D. He's also telling them of the Father's intention to fill his whole house with everybody. Not just Jews, but also Gentiles and everybody. It doesn't make any difference who they are. They paint a perfect picture, these verses do, of salvation. When Israel rejected Jesus as their Messiah, he turned to the Gentiles. You see, uh, uh, the Lord's going to fill up heaven with the redeemed. The redeemed of the Lord is what's going to be in heaven. Revelation 19, 7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice. And give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. His wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. There have been a lot of preaching about the marriage supper and a lot of those things. And, and it can stir the heart. But the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about the marriage supper. But one thing it does say that's very clear, verse 8 tells us that the people involved in this celebration are going to be dressed in pure white. That tells us that much. So as we look at this uh, parable and the fact that those who are going to be saved by grace, are going, we're going to meet on the other side. We're going to be a part of that marriage supper there. It's going to be an exciting time. Eternity's coming. Your life's not going to last forever. I know some of you young and you think, hey, this is, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. I, you know, just trust me. Uh, your day's coming. Your day's coming. Uh, we're not going to live forever. We're going to have to give an account. And uh, I see here just, I want to talk about the garments a little bit this morning. The garment is offered. It's offered. You don't have to come begging for it. You don't have to put it. The garment is offered. Verse 9 and 10 tells us, first of all, it's offered to everybody. The king sent his servants out into highways and byways and said, hey, you bring everybody back. Bring them all back. He wasn't concerned about their character. He wasn't concerned if they were a Baptist or not. He wasn't concerned about their social standing or their abilities or their popularity or anything else. He said, you bring all of them. That's a glorious thing about this wedding. The garment is offered to everybody, whoever would come. It's a picture of what the Lord has done for us in salvation. He doesn't pick and choose the wealthy or the poor or the weak or the strong or the educated or the non-educated. He said everybody's welcome to come. Whosoever will, let him come. Uh, Romans 10, 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Revelation 22:17, the bride and the, and the spirit say, come. 
Let him that heareth come. Let him that athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Simply stated here, the plan of salvation and the garment of righteousness is available to anybody who wants it this morning. It's available to you. No matter who you are or what you've done thus far, it's offered to everybody. But now listen, it's offered by a personal invitation. It's not just a, they didn't get on the internet and say, y'all come. They didn't get up and announce, y'all come. They got a personal invitation. The king sent his servants out, each one individually, to invite people to the wedding. And that is a beautiful picture of salvation there. Anybody can be saved by the grace of God, but before anybody can be saved by the grace of God, they've got to be called by God. You say, oh, now wait a minute, preacher, you're, you're double-minded. No, I'm not. John 6, says, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I'll raise him up on that last day. You can only be saved when the Lord is dealing with your heart. I'm telling you this morning, it's a dangerous thing that people are engaged in because we have this idea, I'll come when I get ready. No, you won't. You'll come when the Father draws you or you won't come at all. That's what the Word of God says. It's offered by a personal invitation. God has promised uh, to deal with all men. Genesis 6, says that my spirit will not always strive with men. There'll come a time when God said, that's enough. I've never thought it was really fair. You want to know what's fair and what's not fair? You tell me what's fair about us living around here in this part of the world in the United States of America who listen to every television evangelist there is in the country. We've got 30 television stations and then we've got radio stations and we've got a church on every corner. You tell me what's fair that you can sit in a service like this week after week after week and God call you and you say no and there are people all over this world, billions of them, that have never even heard the name of Jesus. He's not promised to call repeatedly. If a person fails to respond to the Lord of salvation, there's a danger of stepping over God's deadline. And the problem we got this morning is none of us know when God's deadline is. <laughs> well, the garment is offered, but the garment's got to be received. You, you, if you don't receive the garment, you can't put it on. The, I, I heard about a woman and her young daughter were attending the wedding of one of their relatives. It's the first time the little girl had ever been to a wedding. She was in awe. Oh, man, it was beautiful and formal and all the decorations and everything was just beautiful. And during the ceremony, the little girl leaned over to the mama and said, Mama, uh, why is the bride dressed in white? And it kind of startled the mama for a moment. She said, well, uh, honey, uh, the, the bride wears white because white's the color of happiness. And this is the happiest day of her life. Okay. In a minute, the little girl reached back over and says, Mama, so why is the groom wearing black? <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Now, in these biblical weddings here, if you were at a wealthy wedding, your garment was provided for you. If you got an invitation to the wedding, the garment is provided for you. Everybody at the wedding wore white. Everybody at the wedding wore right, white. Uh, the day a person accepts the Lord Jesus Christ, he receives a robe of righteousness. 
He's dressed in white. Hallelujah. He's got the robe of righteousness on him there. Our sins are forever forgiven and they're justified by faith and God sees them as he sees his son Jesus and they're considered to be righteous. The wedding garment is given to every person it is converted. It's received by faith. You receive it by faith. The way to get the wedding garment is by simple faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says it's by uh, grace you're saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Nobody in this room is ever going to get that garment by being religious. I tell you, religious is just about makes folks sick today. Nobody in this room is, is going to get that garment by being good. Now, I want you to still be good. Don't be a crankhead. You ought to be good. But I just want you to know that no matter how good you are, that's not going to qualify you to receive that garment. It doesn't come that way. Nobody's going to be receiving that garment because they're a Baptist or because they're helping the poor. It's only given when a sinner places his faith in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. That's when it is. Romans 10, 9 and 10, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It is received by faith. And here's a good part. It is totally free. It is totally free. You can't purchase this garment. Uh, it's only received when faith in the gospel message has been exercised. It doesn't matter how much money you got. Doesn't matter how many resources you got. Doesn't matter what your pedigree is on your family. Doesn't matter what your grandmama did or your grandpapa did. All that matters. Only thing that matters is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah 55, 1 says it like this. Ho, listen, everybody that's thirsty, come to the waters. He that hath no money, come and eat. In Revelation 22, 17, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that heareth say, come. Let him that is a thirst come. Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. It's not only free and it's not only uh, offered, but it's a proper fit. Now, a guy like me, I have a problem buying clothes. They, uh, they tell me that I'm portly. What that means is you almost got to wait till Omar the tent maker comes to town before you can get a suit. That's what that means. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. The garment that our Lord gives us when we're saved is a perfect fit. It ain't too tight in the neck. It ain't too big in the stomach. It's a perfect fit. It's perfect. You see, salvation is a perfect fit for everyone. Listen to me. Nobody has ever been made worse off by accepting Jesus Christ. Nobody. No life was ever ruined by a personal relationship. In fact, every life that's touched by the hand of grace and power is far different and far better than it ever has been before. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you've heard it many times. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. No one ever found that the Lord didn't fit. Now listen to me. Those who say they tried it and it failed, they never had it to start with. They didn't have it and then lose it. They never had it to start with. There's a lot of folk being deceived today. And then this 
garment is approved by the Father. Uh, I've been to a lot of weddings in my life. I've officiated quite a few of them. Uh, I, I've never seen anybody thrown out because they didn't have the right garment on. And I want to tell you what, I've seen some crazy garments in the last 50 years. But the time you think you've got all of them under, you, there here comes another one you never dreamed possible. But the king came in and he sees a man without the wedding garment and he, he was forced out. He rejected by the king. The garment was a requirement. If you don't have the garment, you can't attend the wedding. And it's the same thing about salvation. To be uh, without one is to face the heavenly father unprepared. Every person clothed in the garment of his son's righteousness will be accepted. Religion won't do it. Good works won't do it. Being good won't do it. Being kind won't do it. The only thing that will clothe you is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's approved by the Father. When the saints arrive in heaven, we're not going to be admitted based on what we did. There's a lot of evil people. I heard one of the presidential uh, runners uh, for running for president uh, say last night that uh, you don't. there's a lot of good moral people who are not Christians. And they are. I, I, they are. There's some good folk. But let me just tell you, enjoy yourself down here because where we're headed on there, if you ain't got the right clothes on, you ain't getting in. It's just that simple. The question is this. Are you going to be approved by the Father? Is the Father going to approve what you're wearing? Mm. Well, the garment is offered, and you got to receive the garment. Now, let me just talk for a moment about there's power in the garment. Do you know there's still power in the name of Jesus? Amen. Woo, there's power in the name of Jesus. You see, it changes one's appearance. In our modern weddings, a bride does everything she can to stand out. But in these weddings, everybody wore the same type of garments. They were identically dressed. That's the way it is in salvation. You, listen, just because you saved and you think you're a big shot, you don't stand out. The ground's level at the cross. Boy, when you come to Jesus, we're all equal in this thing. And it also covers one's appearance. Now, we're doing the next best thing. I like it. I really do. I love it. Don't you love it when the choir dresses up in different colors? You wonder what in the world, you know. <clears throat> I, I'm not real fond of it because right now my wife's got 35 different dresses lined up <laughs> all in a different color. <laughs> Uh, that the choir, and I'm she not the only one, bless God. All these other women got the same thing, you know, on these colors here. But it used to be we wore choir robes, and I love choir robes. Now, people, oh, it's a pain, oh, a pain. But you put a robe on that choir up there, and you can't tell who's rich and who's poor. You can't tell who's got holes in their blue jeans and who don't. You can't tell who took a shower and who didn't. They all look good, huh? When you get on that robe of righteousness, let me tell you, we all going to look alike because the righteousness of Christ is going to cover us. It covers one's appearance. And uh, probably the greatest verse to back that up is found in Revelation chapter 3 to the Laodicean church. In chapter 3, verse 17, he said, Because you say I'm rich and I'm increased with goods and I have need of nothing, Knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Boy, we need to be really careful 
about how we talk about how God's blessed and how wealthy we are and what good things we are because a lot of times we've got our goodness wrapped up our nose that we can't see that we're blind and naked and wretched. The garment's offered. You've got to receive it. There's power in the garment. But let me talk just a moment. I wouldn't be doing justice if I didn't tell you. There's a price you pay if you don't have that garment. If you don't have it. You see, after the guests arrived for the wedding, the king saw this man. He had on no wedding garment. And, and that produced three reactions here. Number one, there's a showdown. He said, you go get him. Bring him over here. And uh, the king saw him. He confronted him about it. I'm going to tell you something. There's going to come a day when every person is going to face God one-on-one. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Everyone that may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. We're, we're clothed in our righteousness robe of Jesus, but we're going to stand before God and give an account. You say, well, preacher, I don't want to do that. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to take the robe. You can go to the next judgment. It's called the great white throne judgment. And there you're not going to be talking about your, your uh, uh, goodness or your bad deeds that you did. You're going to be determined that you never knew Christ and you're going to be cast into outer darkness. That's what's going to happen. If you don't have the robe on, listen to me, you're going to be cast into a place called hell. And you're going to live there for eternity. It's going to produce a showdown. It's going to also produce some shock. This man, I guess he thought he wouldn't, wasn't hidden from the king. The king couldn't see him. I mean, everybody there has got white on, and here's one guy sticking out here. Yeah? Huh. Well, many are deceived. I, I don't want to even say this this morning, but I want to just warn you one more time. I don't know how many more times we got together. But I just want to warn you. Matthew 7 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name we've cast out devils. We've done many wonderful works. While we were members of Woodland Hills, and, and we came and we tithed and we gave toward the building. and Oh, Lord, we, we're just good people. And he said, you depart from me. I never knew you. Listen, no excuse, no appeal is going to be heard, uh, even the cry of repentance. You say, all right, I'm ready to repent. Yeah, they were ready to repent too when the rain started, but the door was already shut. It was done. What you do now today determines where you spend eternity. Mm. It's going to produce shame. The man in the parable was cast out into outer darkness. It's a picture of hell there. Psalm 917 says, The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Luke chapter 16 is a story of the rich man and Lazarus. Here on this earth, the rich man had everything. And Lazarus was just eating at the crumbs from his table. When he'd put out the trash, he'd go through it and get it to eat. But oh, it all came to a whole different light when they're gone into eternity. And Lazarus is in heaven enjoying the things of God and the rich man's down here in hell. It's a whole different ball game. 
The question is, what are you going to do with it today? I've uh, kind of racked my brain. I think probably, probably there's four responses that you're going to make today. One response would be just a lack of interest. Uh, preacher, I, I, you know, I've got too many things going on. I've got too many things. I, I'm in all different kinds of activities with my kids and my job's just bigger. I've got bigger fish to fry. I'm just not interested, preacher. You may be sitting here saying that. And I'll tell you, I, I don't want to preach doom and gloom, but there'll come a day when you would to God you'd have been interested. There'll come a day when you wish you would have. And then there's an angry response. There's some folks just mad. You talk to them about Jesus, they get mad. They're angry. They, they don't want to hear anything about it. I never will forget years ago, we were visiting this family that was going to join our church. Uh, this was down in Port Natchez, and, and I never forget... We had a great visit. We probably sat there. My wife don't like to visit with me because I talk too much. We sat there probably 30 minutes or 40 minutes and talked. Had a great time. I mean, a good family. Woo, every church would want a family like this. And we stood, and I said, can I pray before we leave? And they, oh, yeah, yeah. And so we all joined circle in a, in a hand there. And I said, look, honestly, the most important thing is not that you join our church. The most important thing is just to know for sure that you know Jesus as your Savior. And you know that couple bowed up, and they said, that ain't none of your business. That's personal. That ain't none of your business. And really escorted us out of the house. Never came back to church again. There's some folk just mad at Jesus. Hey, if they're going to be mad at Jesus, don't get upset when they get mad at you. Now, don't act like a jerk to make them mad, but I'm just telling you, when you tell them the truth, and they persecuted Jesus, don't think they're going to pat you on the back and say, oh, my goodness, I never thought you'd be. Hallelujah. Some will. Some respond with lack of interest. Some angry. Some respond with conditions. Frank Sinatra, I'll do it my way. Lord, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get a white robe, but I've got one that's got some gold tread around it, and it matches my eyes. You know, it's the best robe for me, Lord. I've, I've looked at a lot of robes. I've tried on a lot of robes, and I know what's best for me. Mm. Well, you're not going to come. Not when you think you're ready. And then there's a fourth group, and that's the group that answer him wholeheartedly. Hey, the robe's here. If you'll receive it. And there'll be some in this place today that say, that's exactly what I need. That's exactly what I want. I want to be wrapped in the righteousness of Christ. I want to, I want to be made whole. I want my sins forgiven. I want those things wiped away as far as the east is from the west. I was reading a story about the guy that died and went to heaven. And as he came near the pearly gates, he saw St. Peter standing there. and He was exciting believing he was fixing just waltz on into heaven. St. Peter said, ooh, wait a minute. Well, You've you got to pass a point system up here. We've got a point system. He said, a point system? He said, yeah. It takes 30,000 points to get into heaven. And he said, oh, well, okay. Uh, I'm a member of Willing Hills. And he said, all right, that's five points. <laughs> five points. He said, well, <clears throat> I've done a whole lot to help neighbors and help people. 
and uh, you know, I've given a lot of things away and all that. And he said, surely that's worth something. And St. Peter said, well, according to my records there, that comes to about eight more points. The guy says, that's 13 points and I need 30,000? And he just kind of looked and he said, well, if it wasn't for the grace of God, nobody could make it into heaven. He said, that's the balance of your 30,000 points. Listen to me. You where you are today by the grace of God. If you're here and lost, you're here by the grace of God so that you can be saved today and not leave here lost. If you're here today and you're saved, you're here by the grace of God. Maybe you need to come to this altar and pray and say, Lord, I want to be a better servant in the days ahead. Maybe you need to go to somebody and say, I'm sorry. Maybe you need to repent to the Lord. I don't know what you need. Maybe you need to join this church. Boy, it's a great church. This is a great church. I'm just telling you, I, I talk to pastors every week. This is not a great church. This is a tremendous church, tremendous church. And, and maybe you need a church home. If this is where God wants you, we want you here too. If this is not where God wants you, don't you come. You'll mess this place up and you're alive too. You go where God wants you to be. That's where you need to be. That's where you need to be. Father, we're grateful today for all you've done. I'm thankful most of all that you've provided a robe for every one of us. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to do good to get it. Lord, we just have to by faith trust in you. I thank you this morning. I thank you for those this morning who are sitting here in this place and they may have thought they were saved or maybe they were hoped they were saved but there's always been that doubt and I'm praying today, dear God, that today your Holy Spirit would grip their heart and bring them to this altar and them say, today I want to repent of my sin. I want to invite Jesus in to take over my life and everything in me. Lord, have your way in this service today. We love you, and we are so thankful for what you're going to do in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen.